Uh, turn to uh, Philippians chapter 1 tonight. I'm not going to preach tonight. I'm just going to give you an observation and, uh, of my heart and, and uh, what's going on and, uh, and a scripture here that uh, Paul was writing to the Philippian church uh, speaks volumes to my heart and uh, the way it is in Philippians chapter 1. Uh, it says, Paul and Timothy, the servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints, that's their position in Christ, in Jesus Christ, which are at Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from my Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always Every prayer of mine for you are all making requests for joy. For your fellowship, underline that word fellowship, in the gospel from the first day unto now. Verse 6, being confident, underline that word confident, of this very thing that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart. Underline that phrase, in my heart. Inasmuch as both in my bonds and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, ye all are partakers of my grace. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight. Lord, just help us be what we need to be. Help us to uh, get closer to you, Lord. Help us to feel closer to you, Lord. I pray for you. Bless the church, Lord. Put a hedge around it. Bless each one here tonight, Lord. Empty himself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Preaching on that, uh, having the heart that Paul had for the church in Philippi. I've tried to convince people that they should love the church because Christ loved the church. But it's something more than that. It's the something that uh, is not created by the apostle Paul. He didn't create it. There's something that is genuine. He has in his heart a place for the church of Philippi in his heart. I'm certain that when he and Silas was singing those songs in a jail and the jailer uh, hears them and calls for them, they spring up and, uh, and he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And jailer takes him and washes his stripes and takes him home and then his whole family gets saved. It's more than just a mental set. Hey, I love the church. I think you ought to love the church because it's a treasure above all treasures here on earth, the church. But there ought to be something more on the inside the reason you love the church than saying, I have a duty to love the church because the Bible tells me. I believe you have a duty to love your wife and your children because the Bible tells us to do that. Wives will love their husband, husbands will love their wives. If I do that out of duty when I say I love you, then it doesn't resonate anything to you. It's lacking something. There's not a real place in your heart when you say, I do it, do it out of the commandment of God and by what the Bible tells you. 
Paul said in this passage, I've got you in my heart. Deep down in my heart. And there's something that I think we can learn from that. Paul said in verse 5, because of the fellowship. In verse 6, because of the confidence he had in the church. And in verse 7, because he had the love that he had for the church. Of all things, fellowship, confidence, and the love he has for this church created a place in his heart for the church. I spent 10 years in the church in Florida, and it has a special place in my heart. Watching it grow from a, a thought to a, a, a church where people got saved and, and people got married and watching people have children, it, it, it grew in my heart. It has a special place in my heart. We fought the battles, we fought uh, the, the communities, we fought all these things, but uh, somehow that drew us closer to the Lord and grew us closer to each other. Been here for 10 years and this church has a place in my heart that swells up. I, I've seen what this church can do. I've seen the people rise up and do things that other churches don't do. I've seen people stand up and give till they couldn't give no more. I believe you love the church. I don't want to say I love the church or do I love the church. I want it to have a place in my heart. There's something that drives me to say that I believe and I trust. You ought to love your children. You ought to love your husband. You ought to love your wife. But there should be a place in your heart for your children, a place in your heart for your wife or your husband. There also should be a place in your heart for the church. So here Paul writes back to the church of Philippi. And I believe sincerely Paul had a place in his heart to love the church of Philippi. I believe he cared about those that were saved in Philippi. I believe he, he honestly had sincerely, dearly loved those people. So looking at this scripture here, first of all we talk about the fellowship. The fellowship. I love fellowship, amen. I, I love being around God's people. I love being with people. I love hearing what people do. I, love, I just love being people. It says in verse number five, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm certain that carries back to that jailer when the jailer got saved and Lydia got saved and that woman that was uh, uh, possessed by the devil and was freed from the devil that first day. I remember the day, uh, he says, I remember the day you got saved. I remember the things that happened in your life. In my mind, I see that. And I'm seeing writing these words and he's thinking back to that jailer's house. Uh, his stripes were being washed and, and his children are trusting in Jesus Christ and they're getting saved uh, and at jailer's home, he said, he remembers that day. I remember that day. He said, we had a fellowship in the gospel that day. We had a companionship, a partnership in the gospel. Let me tell you something about the local church. 
that's not true in many places that has nothing more than just the religion. If you're going to be a part of the local Bible-believing church, then you have to be born again. You have to be part of the congregation. It's just not a social sense. Well, I, I know a lot of people to go there. I know business people go there, and I just think I'll just go there so I can, I can hobnob with those people, and I, I know them, so I'll, I'll just go there. It's more than just having a sense. You've got to be born again, birthed in the family of God. It's more than just being a part of a religion. But you cannot be a part of the local church if you have not been born again. You must be born again. That's why we, when we come here, we, we come here, we all have the same salvation. We, we may have different experiences on how we got saved, uh, where God had delivered us from, where God has brought us from, and, but we all have the same salvation. We, we're washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no other way. However it was, we have a partnership in the local church, in this congregation. Verse 3 says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. I believe that he's remembering back, and I don't believe he says, I think about you every day, I don't, uh, uh, it just don't come to mind every day. He's, but spontaneously, when it's brought to my mind, I thank God for remembering you. I, I've got times in my life that uh, I don't think about, I don't dwell about, but once in a while, something will trigger my mind and take me back to that place, and I thank God for me being there where I was at at that time. I thank God for that. I've had a lot of experiences in church, and I, I look back and I've seen the, the good things in the church and I've seen the bad things of the church uh, but God will take me back to those good things and I remember those things and the fellowships that we had and the partnership we had and the gospel. I, I, I go back to them and I thank God for that remembrance. Paul said I thank God for remembrance of you when, when you got saved and how you got saved. I think back to the places that I've been in my life and the people I've known in my life. The fellowship and memories. Let me tell you, if, you, if you're military, you're going you're gonna to see things and you're going to have some fellowship and you're going to have memories that just outlast forever. I have great memories. I've seen a lot of great things in this world. I have memories. I don't sit and dwell on them, but every now and then it, something will trigger me and it takes me back to that place. I, I remember sitting in a church, I told you this morning, sitting in a winter, and, and a man preaching, wore bib overhauls and a bow tie, and he preached the gospel. I sat in the window because the place was so packed you couldn't sit anywhere else. A fond memory of church. Amen. Fond memories of church. But I've seen the bad things in church too. I've dealt with some bad things in the church too. But church is church. I love the church. I love the church. Like I told you this morning, if the only memory you have of church is sitting in a the pew, then you shortchange your fellowship with the congregation of God. We need to make memories. 
in our life. You, you need to make memories with your children and your husband and wife. You need to make memories. As the years go by, you can look back and you see all the times and the memories you've had with your family, not just on vacation, uh, but you ought to make memories in the church. When you come to church, you ought to have memories of the church and what church has done for you and what church has brought you from. He said, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy. Listen, I don't think we should ever become mechanically and read names off to pray for. Because every name, there's a soul and there's a life behind that name. And when you start praying specifically for that person and that need, it brings something closer to you. When you start praying specifically for what that person has, no matter what if it is, no matter if it's a sickness or an ailment or just being saved, when you start praying for that person specifically for that reason, it becomes personal to you. And guess what? When it starts becoming personal to you, you start praying more and more and more for that person. We, we've gotten mechanically when we start praying our prayer list, we become mechanical. We read the names and we just say, Lord, help them. And when you start praying specific for that need of that soul and that life, it becomes personal to you. That's why when you see somebody that you've been praying for, you say, hey, I've been praying for your, your grandfather, your grandmother. I've been praying for that illness, that sickness going on. And they tell you, hey, it's good. We've, we've, we've overcome that. It should bring joy. We should have memories in the church where God has filled us. Fellowship. I love fellowship. I love it. That's why I say it, I'm tired of coronavirus. We've missed out on so much. We don't even shake hands no more. You know what? Shaking hands is very much part of the church, and we've missed out on that. Hugging necks is a, a very much part of the church, and we're missing out on that because of this, this social distancing. But let me tell you, there's going to come a day I'll stand before Jesus. I'm going to hug him. I ain't going to worry about no coronavirus. I'll hug him. And, and if you're there, I'll hug you there too. Hey, I'd say, hey, couldn't hug you down there, but I'm going to hug you up there. Amen. So he said, I remember back the fellowship that we had. I remember back what we did. I remember, Paul says, I remember back the times I spent with you and the fellowship we had in the gospel. And let me tell you what, we need to make those fellowships and those memories in our life in the church. Because if you, if you got those, that fellowship and you got those memories of the church, it'll make you draw you closer to the church. And when, if, you got, if you make memories with those in the church, it draws you closer to each other. Amen. I, I'd hate for us to come, well, I'll sit here and I'll sit there and I'll sit there. When church is over, we'd all, we'd all depart. Right? We do that. We go home. It's good to stay after church and talk and, and fellowship. It's good. Some churches, boy, let me tell you what, they can't wait till the preacher's over so they can get out the door and go home. 
We must say, make those memories while you have the chance in the church. And show your kids that there's time that you can make a memory. There's time you can have fellowship in the gospel of Jesus Christ with each other. And he was confident in the church in Philippi. Verse number 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I find that interesting in that he, the confidence that he has in the church of Philippi, but it's not the same confidence that he had in, uh, in, in, he had in every church, the confidence of the Holy Ghost uh, that he had in Lydia and the Holy Ghost that he had in the jailer and that, uh, the woman that was oppressed by the devil. It's very different than it was that he had in the church of Galatia. In Galatia chapter 4, if you want to turn back, because uh, they were struggling with the idea that there had to be something more to the gospel than just Christ dying for our sins and being buried and on the third day rising. They, they had an idea that there had to be more to that and something had to be added. So they, they came up with another gospel in, the, in Galatia and it brought about a confusions and conflict and then fundamental truth of the gospel. In verse number 19, there he said, uh, My little children, whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. He says, I, I travail in his birth again. He says, We're going through this again. This process, it, we're going through it again and again. In verse number 20, I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. The confidence he had in the church of Philippi is not the same confidence that he had in the church at Galatia. He said in verse 21, Tell me ye that desires to be under the law, do you not hear the law? He goes on and speaks to the Galatians, believers, that they're trying to put themselves back under the law instead of being free of the Spirit of God. He said, I, I stand in doubt of you. But that's not what he says about this church in Philippi. In verse 6, he says, I have confidence of this work that's in you. In verse 14, and many of the brethren in the Lord waxing confidence by my bonds. In verse 25, he said, And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you for the further, furtherance and the joy of faith. He has the confidence. That confidence not in himself. Because in chapter 3, in verse 3, he says, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Jesus Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. Paul is telling the Philippian believers, I've got confidence in the ability that I've taught you well. So you're going to be able to stand. That's not what he's saying, but he's saying, I have the confidence, this very confidence that he which began the work in you. He that instilled in you. He that began this work. And let me just say this. We all need to have that confidence of God that's begin the work in us. That he's able to finish that work in us. He was confident in the work of Jesus Christ was doing in this church. And that helped put that church in his heart. 
I, I believe that we're, we're having a good work. I believe that we're, we're stepping forward. I believe we we're moving forward. And he had a confidence in this. And you've got to remember back, Paul was beaten. Paul was jailed. He was in a dark place. But yet, in that jail, in a dark place, Paul and Silas began to sing. And there was something in their hearts that was unique. And that cell began to shake. And the doors opened wide and the chains fell off of them. And the jailer just knew his life was over. He knew that he was a dead man. But in the middle of that confusion, he grabs a light and springs in and says, Hey, are you there? He's telling Paul, Sir, you've got something in you that I want. You have something in you that I want. You could have ran. You could have been free, but you stayed. Uh, I, I, you got something in you that I, I want. And the, and the jailer takes him home, cleans him up, and his whole family gets saved. I see God reaching over, pulling people out of the pits. I see God bringing people back to him. In this church. Because God who started the work. Is a God who can finish the work. But we have to be faithful to God. And just give him ourselves. For him to do the work. Paul said I'm confident. Of the work that you've started. God will finish the job. And when you have the confidence in the church. And that fellowship in the church. And those memories in the church. It will put it a place in your heart that you hold dear. He had a love for the church in verse 7. Even as it is meet for me to think of this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch in both my bonds and in my defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. Because of the fellowship and because of the confidence he had in that church, it created a natural love. In Paul's heart. If you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul uses words uh, like this. To describe that church. Cherish. As a mother with her children. Uh, being a, uh, affectionately. Desirous of you. We exhort you. We comfort you. As a father does with his children. Then he said. For ye have our glory. And joy. You are our joy. You are our glory. These words show deep respect and deep love for someone in the church. And I, I believe when uh, the Holy Ghost inspired Paul to write these words, uh, it, Paul didn't have to search his heart. Paul didn't have to try to find them. They were already in his heart. And it was easy to write these words. How many would you go to the ends of the world for your children or your grandchildren? I mean, you would just, <laughs> there is not nothing that you would not do. That's what Paul was doing for the Philippine church. He said, I go through anything for you, even my bondage and the things. I, I, I know the world we live in today is a dark, evil world. <laughs> 
if, the, if you've got that kind of love in your heart that you'll do anything, you go for, you'll go through the extremes for them. And that's what Paul is saying. I, I have a deep love inside of my heart that I'll go through anything for you because of the fellowship, because of confidence, and because of the love. I've had people say, you, you really shouldn't love the church like that. I'm begging the difference. In Ephesians, Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it. And with the washing of the water by the word, that you might, he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that, but that he should be able holy without blemish. He paid for the church. He has a heart for the church. He nourishes his church. And he's doing a work in the church. And that's what we see Paul doing. He has a heart for the church. Because of the fellowship, because of the confidence he had in the church, because he loved them, because what God was doing and seeing the movement of God in these churches. Let me see, we ought to see the movement of God in our church. We ought to see the movement of God in our lives. Paul had a love for the church that could not be denied. I believe if we put into the same practices that Paul did, we, we, we make those memories in the church, we have that fellowship together, and we get those specific requests and prayers when we pray, and, we, and they're on our hearts and on our minds, then we have the confidence of seeing what God is doing in the church and what God is doing in people's lives. I believe there will be a love in our heart for the church. Where others just look at it as a place for worship. We could say the church is a large part of my life. The church is a large part of my heart. I want that for my life. I, I want the church to become everything to me. I want the church to be my breath. I want the church to be my heartbeat. I love the church. I love the memories that we've had here. We've been ups and we've been downs. And I guarantee you we ain't seen the last of them. We're going to be ups and we're going to be downs. But I can look and say I love her the fellowship I have with everybody here. If there's anything I can do, I'll do it. I'll go to the ends of the earth for you because I love you, I love the church, I love the fellowship that we have. And Paul is just telling us, hey, if you got that kind of love in your heart for the church, then the church should be everything to you. Amen. Is the church everything to you? I mean, it is. It really is. This morning we came and said, hey, if we want to get closer to God, we want a double portion, we had to come and ask for it. If the church is going to be a big part of your life, if the church is going to take part of your life, and I, I know I, there's people that I hear, uh, and you can tell who really loves the church. You can tell. They hear every time the door is open. 
And you can tell who don't really love the church. It's not a part of their, it's not a big part of their lives. But if they could see it in our lives every day, every hour, then it might start instilling in them. We start making memories with all the other people to come and say, hey, look, we, we're having this. And we have, we, like, you know, the church down the road had a, a barbecue today. I don't understand why they didn't have church tonight. You had to eat, should have had church tonight, but they didn't. But stay and make memories of everybody in church. Fellowship with each other. Don't get into a clique. Don't just fellowship with that one and forget about that one. If, you, if you're not close to somebody, sit beside them and get close to them. Find out what they like, what they don't like. You might find out that they like the same things as you do. But if we make the memories, we have the confidence of what God is doing in the church, the church is going to be a big part of your life. The church is going to be a big part of your heart. God is able to finish the work that he started. He started it. He'll finish it.